Hello, this is Reverend John Harfouche, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. We have a message for you today from Apostle Dr. Christian Harfouche. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com and join us every week for the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Get your Bibles in your hand. And um, for the sake of seizing the opportunity, let's look at the Acts of the Apostles and go with me, please, to the second chapter. The Acts of the Apostles in verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you And to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers And then it goes on to say, a fear came upon all. Lift your Bible above your head. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. Let's do it like an army again. This is the word of God. Not an opinion. Not opinion. Not tradition of men. Not Not subject to debate. Not subject to debate. Alive. Alive. God said. God said. I believe. I believe. And that settles it. He is who he says he is. He will do what he said he will do. I am who he says I am. I have what he said I have. And as I believe today, I can do what he said I can do. Now, if you believe it, set the Bible down and just by mere absolute confidence lift your voices and give God a great shout of thank you regarding your breakthroughs today Amen. You may be seated. 
If I can take a little time to draw a backdrop regarding this historic and significant moment in time. Historic because we know that 2,000 years ago or so, on the day of Pentecost, the condition of faith was changed to another level through the outflow or the overflow of the Holy Spirit. So the condition of the church, the 120, firstly, in the upper room, we were lifted, we were changed, we were infused, we were filled, we were cocooned. Christ had told us in the Gospels, you will be endued with power from on high. That word endued means clothed. And, and when the tongues like as a fire sat upon each of us, then it said, and we were all filled. We cannot be filled to overflowing and not be changed. Now we're going to get into the significance of the change. That was a historic moment. But it was significant because it never stopped. Meaning the potential of that life with God was never missing or withheld by God. We just read it. They heard Peter and they said, what must we do? He said, repent every one of you and be baptized. Have your sins remitted and you shall, not might, but shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle John in his epistle talks about we have an unction from the Holy One. And it calls him the anointing. He, that is the anointing in you. Glory. He will show you. He will teach you all things. You, you mean when the strategies of the kingdom of darkness are trying to hoodwink the average gullible people in the earth? regardless of their level of intellect or academia there are believers that know how to see the invisible hand of a defeated enemy as well as claim the mighty hand of a victorious God who has called us and chosen us I say yes I say and today is a day of evidence in your life today I thank God for the agency of spiritual communication because it helps the man of God give you what he has. Otherwise, I'm going to look like a fanatic that believes God way out there and, you know, I need to be calmed down by normal people. But by the time God is finished with your spirit, you're going to admit that you designed, you desire, you wanted a victorious evidence of the risen Savior in your life, in your city, in your nation, and in your world. And when we get there, there's a synchronization that cannot be denied. God is going to manifest in this house and from this house overflow to houses all over the world.
to God. So he said, didn't he? You shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise unto, is unto you and to your children. Those that are far off, how many would think we are far off? Both geographically, but really historically or dispensationally. When he's talking at that 2,000 years ago, he's saying those that are far off. Don't you think the Holy Ghost included those that have come in 2,000 years later? Because he said, as many as the Lord our God shall call. God didn't overtalk himself. There is supernatural upper room power. There is supernatural first century power in your life. Do you have a minute? Did we all read it together? Peter started praying and with many other words he also said, save yourself from this untoward generation. What does that mean? Come out of this generation that wants to water down the word of God in your life doesn't understand what's happening in the upper room of communication with Almighty God. Wants you to come down and rehash what used to be in the past. You'll never be what you used to be. You'll never go where you used to go. You're going on another level in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're going to run like you've never run. Live like you never lived. Pray like you never prayed. Study like you never studied. And you're going to reap a harvest on your service like you have never imagined possible. A harvest that you cannot contain. A harvest that the enemy cannot stifle. A miracle that no devil can naysay. God is on your side. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Fire on you. Believe God for this month. Come here, come here, come here. I believe God. I believe God. Do you have a minute? All right. So he, he said, and save yourself from this untoward generation. He said that with many words that are not recorded in, in the context of his sermon in chapter 2. And, and, and so that meant they were there for a while. They received direction, didn't they? But he concluded that that was not merely a historic event. That that was all, all inclusive relationship. So it was significant that the Holy Spirit would be available to as many as the Lord our God shall call. And in the first epistle of Peter. You're, you're tracking? The first epistle. Of, now firstly we changed. The 120 changed. Let me, let me explain to you. Uh, Kephas. Whom we call Peter. It's, Peter is his uh, Greek, uh, Greek uh, name. Simeon is his Hebrew name. Kephas is his Aramaic name, was Jesus called him. Jesus called him a rock. And he was nothing like a rock. 
But when Jesus calls you a rock, you'll go ahead and write an epistle saying, you are lively stones. Because the Lord does not leave us up to our own nature. He imparts the divine nature into our life. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these we're partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through us. Should I stop? And so we know that Kephas referred to lively stones, didn't he? So that's building material. God can use you. When God finishes with you, which he's going to do with frequency. When God frequents your change. And all of a sudden it's evident out here what's happening in here. your good building material I think so he calls us a royal priest to the holy nation a peculiar people he starts with lively stones now it's the same Peter who mentions in his first epistle he says to people in the Gentile world that had not the, those scattered abroad. The first chapter of First Peter. He said you scattered abroad who, whom you have not seen. Talk about Christ. Yet you, um, you believe in him and you rejoice with the How many remember the scripture? You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And then he said, he said to them. And uh, which things the angels desire to look into. And said the prophets looked and searched diligently to find out what they were talking about. And they weren't talking about themselves. They were talking about us. And then he said, and they were talking about those who preach to you the gospels, the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. How many don't want to go there? You know it's there. So now there are people that have not yet seen Jesus. Haven't seen him and he didn't appear to to them like he did the 500 and he said you've not seen him yet believing you rejoice well how did they believe he said well because you hear the gospel being preached with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven oh you mean not just words but the word coming out of tabernacles of divinity Men and women that are filled, carrying a word that cannot be stifled. A word that cannot fail to drive the enemy out, to manifest a miracle, to raise the dead, to cure the lepers, to deliver the captives. Mm. The word of the Lord, the same living word that's the answer to every problem that you are facing. The word that will slay your giant. The word. The word. That will... Come on! 
let me let me take a moment because the fire of God is all in me and on me. Is that okay if I take a little time? Because today I'm not going to settle for just being able to release the fire on you. I want to also help us agree together on how we can represent the king on earth as tabernacles of divinity. What does that mean? That means that there that means there is a river the streams are of will make glad the city of God the tabernacles of the most high God is in the midst of her she will not be moved that's the church God will help her in that right early glory be to God hallelujah he lives in you he lives in me and when he does he will overflow when he overflows in the word when he overflows in no when he overflows in yes whatever says amen so so the by the way tabernacles of divinity is um, our father in the faith Dr. Lester Sumrall is on record saying that it's in his book a number of his books and um, if you recall when the Lord talked to me regarding the God man I call it now the subject matter, if you can call it a subject matter, or the curriculum, the teaching, the doctrine, the didache, the doctrine of the Lord, the doctrine of the apostles. It's the triune salvation. How many believe that the Lord paid for us completely? Spirit, soul, and body. Actually, the Bible doesn't directly talk about um, physical salvation. Except he completes the, the, the terminology about it in, the, in our great catching away. This mortal putting on immortality. And uh, we groaning within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit or for the redemption to wit the adoption of our body. How many remember that's the scripture? Yes. Is it okay if I share the word of God and then move on? How many know that's the Bible? But if you notice, when, when we went to the gate beautiful in, in the ministry of Peter and John, and Peter and John saw the man that had been in, from his mother's womb crippled. And um, you've heard me teach on this before. And um, he was incapable of walking because he was lame from birth. And so for a vocation, he of course appealed to God loving people and he was carried daily the scriptures tell us to be laid at the gate beautiful to beg for alms did I tell you every one of you should be healed before this meeting's over did I, did I tell you, you did I tell you that your phone is going to ring did I tell you that contracts are going to present themselves? Did I tell you that circumstances that you don't like are going to turn around? Did I tell you lost loved ones are going to be saved? I believe that. That's what I'm believing for. That's what we're praying about. 
Amen. Well, you may be seated for a moment. You could jump up anytime you want to. And so when he saw Peter and John, he began to ask him for alms. Well, you remember the story. They turned and Peter said, look on us. Well, why did he say look on us? Because he was full of the Holy Ghost. He had agreement on the road. He had apostolic representation. He had a witness about the risen Savior. He had a witness about the ascended Savior. He had a witness about the great overflow or outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He had to get people's attention. He couldn't say, look up. He said, look on us. Because now, now the distribution of the overflow from your basket, from your hamper, from your temple, from your... And knowing what I know about the Spirit of God, it is more than certain that you may be seated. That means you may be seated. It's, it's more than certain. I've had the Lord do that hundreds and hundreds of times in, in my ministry. So I know that more than probably, if not positively, Peter did not have the entire um, uh, prophetic God faith disclosure on his mind when he said look on us because the Bible tells us through the teachings of the Apostle Paul that when we prophesy or give divine utterance or, 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 or infused heralding or publishing that we do it according to the measure of faith that the Lord does not give us the entire chapter are you listening to me? Otherwise, there would not be necessarily any leading. So it's very important to know that. And so I remember I was in, I believe it was Enterprise, Alabama years ago. And I remember the story because it came up to me when I was on the altar. And I mentioned what I mentioned to you about the hundreds of times. I, I got to that meeting and I had no idea who this woman was. It, she got there early. They put her in the, in the front row. And I didn't know. I didn't know she was in a wheelchair before that. I didn't know she couldn't walk. I didn't know she had a... Several days later, she had a surgery scheduled where they're going to take her hip, which I didn't know. It was 18 inches or so bigger than the other hip. So they, I don't know what they were going to do to her bone, but her relatives brought her, her daughter and some of the family members, and they put her in the seat like in the front row. And she looked like a woman sitting in the front row. Now we're in three places. We're in Enterprise, Alabama. We're in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And then we're at the gate, beautiful. So we know where we're at. Now, if this is taking too long for you and you'd like to go to the pub, go right ahead. But as for me and my house, come on, somebody. Come on. The Lord says he's restoring respect to the body of Christ now. Mm. 
So I, I was in the meeting and of course I taught the word of God and, and the place was, was full of people that needed to be ministered to. And I was in the middle of the word teaching. And then I said, I, the Lord said, and I said, lady, come up here right now. I didn't know her from Eve. I said, come up here right now. And, uh, and she got up and came up and I said this and I remember it coming out of my mouth. And I'm thinking, what am I? I said, it is not the will of God for you to get old and get arthritic and, and get frozen and get paralyzed and be immovable. And the power of God hit her. I ministered and laid hands on people. We saw a lot of immediate things. After the meeting, and Dr. Robin nine years ago, we're talking about probably, well, before, we're talking about before the Bible school and the church. So we're talking about, I'm still living on the West Coast and traveling these wonderful areas and all over the world and all over the nation. So we're there and, and our book and resource center and our teaching is in the back. So we went to the, to the foyer where the teaching is and um, the, the daughter was coming out of the ladies room and uh, she came up and she said that was my mother and I said who was your mother and, and she said well that lady that you prophesied over that was my mother I said well that's great no, she said you don't understand we were just in the in the ladies room and she was scheduled this was I, I would venture to say it was a Sunday I could be wrong it was a Sunday night and so she had a schedule for surgery on Wednesday it's pretty close Monday Tuesday and Wednesday she said they were we were scheduled for surgery and um, they were gonna do her hip because her hip is so much bigger and you didn't know this but we brought her here immobile in the wheelchair we just took the wheelchair uh, took her out brought her in with my brothers laid her or sat her in the front row and then when you told her lady come up here that alone shocked us well I wasn't shocked because I just was directed to say come up here I didn't know what I was going to say after that glory to God glory to God glory to God so the gift of faith flowed out and um, the word carried power so so she said, and we went, we checked her hip, and it's as normal as the other hip. We're not going to, and she's walking around, she's normal. And so we rejoiced about it. Well, that's what happened with Peter and John, I'm certain. And he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Now, look on us. And he looked on them expecting to receive something from them. He didn't just yell at him. He released the tangible, living nature of the quickening power of God the Lord is bringing activity to anything stagnant in your life anything delaying will expedite itself and manifest everything you believe in God for God is willing ready able to perform in your life glory be to God glory be to God so the preach to you the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven which things the angels desire to look into 
the, what the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. That tells me that the outpouring, can I take this moment and teach you what the word outpouring is, is, is referencing? Yeah. Biblically, the most accurate thoughts linguistically, how many understand language can put thoughts in motion? Yeah. And God is the master of language. But see, the Lord is not words. The Lord is the word. And when the word speaks words, every word he speaks are part of the word he fills with his very quickening, enabling, convicting, resurrecting, empowering, energizing nature. How many understand what I'm talking about? So someone over here that's empty can say words that are up here. They're big. But they're limited by the intellect and physicality of that individual. But then someone who's filled that knows how to scoop out of the fullness of God in them and put it out here. They have confidence in the living word. And when we speak, our words move things. Our words shake things. Our words do things. Because the word is in our words. And our words are supernatural containers. Carrying the very creative presence of the agency of Almighty God. Who will never leave you. Never forsake you. Never fail you. He's with you always. Glory to God. Now, child of God, can I follow that thought and come back and answer some of your thoughts? I'm going to answer some of your thoughts. Said in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand. Now, I taught on that. You know how to go and find out what I taught him. He took him by the hand and lifted him up. Because he didn't have 100% cooperation from a beggar that was making a good living. We'll leave that alone right now. Got real quiet in this empathetic church. Was the word pathetic in that? It's true. And, and what happened, this man had never walked. This man had no capacity to get on their end of the God faith. He's basically just being told the divine command. And there's authority in it. But if, if, if power is missing. Or if the person who's saying it is saying it to try it. But when you know who you're working with. When it's the gospel. With the Holy Ghost. Send out from heaven. And he lifted him up and immediately his anchor bones received strength. And he went with them walking and leaping and praising God. So we see the significance of the overflow. What, what I was going to talk about is we call it the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But the original thought behind the language is the overflow. The way, um, the way something would overflow. Like a tub would overflow. 
Something that's boiling would overflow. Does that make sense? And so even in the scripture, in um, what's spoken by Job, it come to pass in the last day, said God, that my spirit will overflow. So it's different than just pouring out his spirit. So all of a sudden, heaven and earth are joined together in the ministry of the almighty Holy Spirit to unite ordinary men and women with the supernatural excellence of the mighty King. My God. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. That's the truth. And so when the Lord talked about that, and I'll, I'll, I'll drive the thought home a little bit. When Christ was in among the religious people, you know, they understood religion. They worshiped God. They were looking for the Messiah. But the word of God said that they saw the wisdom that was on him. From where did he get such wisdom that mighty works are wrought by him? Notice the scriptures credit mighty works out here to wisdom in here. So when the word became flesh, the embodiment of true wisdom came to earth. Higher wisdom than science. Higher wisdom than biology. Higher wisdom than medicine. Higher wisdom than law. Higher wisdom than anything. That's a profession on this planet. And it could translate to help all of those fields that are designed by God to be beneficial to his kingdom. How many understand? But, but no, no one here has to go and ask somebody who does not believe in the invisible world anything to add to the wisdom that you're called to be founded in. Because, because I, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Because who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The original word on that is we have the thought of Christ. Why? Because we have the word of Christ. We know it. God is not willing that any man should perish but all should come to repent. Pick her up. Pick her up. Pick her up. Pick her up. Bring her over here. Bring her over here. Glory. We have. We have. We have. We have the thought of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Is this helping you at all? All right, you may be seated. So, so what I'm doing today with the help of the Holy Spirit is uniting my mission with your call so that you would get in agreement synchronization wise with the presence of the Almighty Holy Spirit. So let me, let me share something with you. When the Holy Spirit was caused to overflow or his time for empowering the church came. Well, let me rewind a little bit. Chapter 1. There, we're all praying with one mind. And one accord. We're all praying. And it names all the apostles among the 12 that are there. And then it says the rest were the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, his, his brethren, 120, were all together. Peter spoke to the community of believers in chapter 1 
in direct link to what the Lord had prepared us for during the 40 days. So he talks about Judas. How many remember that? And he talks about how the scriptures declared in the Psalms what Judas would, would end up as. And then he said, here's what happened with the, with the field and everybody knows it. And it's bought and it's called Hakeldama or field of blood, etc. So he's, he talks about the two people that we need to choose from in order to replace Judas who fell from his leadership or presidency or bishopric by way of intercession or uh, transgression rather. You're distracting me, young man. In a good way. Are you getting anything out of that? So he says that uh, in chapter 1. Very important. Because that was a grace prepared by Christ. To be done prior to the empowerment. Now when the, when the overflow came. And we were filled from that moment. The caliber of being a believer. Went to the level of agreement with the Christ kind of ministry. So if you saw Peter. And if you saw John, and if you saw James, and if you saw any of the others, you would see a representative of Christ empowered by the same Spirit. And from that moment till today, that's never been reneged. The Lord has never pulled that back. He's about to encourage you, empower you, infuse you, and energize you to stand up and be a representative of the King. Glory to God. So humanity, are you in agreement with that? Well, lift your hands and, and present yourself to God. Present yourself to God today. You present yourself to God. You want to be more like Jesus? You want to represent Jesus in the world? You want the world to see the power of God in your life? Put your hands on your spirit. Say, Lord, I believe your man. I believe your messenger. I believe your word. Thank you for choosing me, for ordaining me, and for sending me into my world. I believe that the time to bear fruit and to, the time to see my fruit remain. It's basket time. It's hamper time. It's feeding the multitude time. It's 100% victory time. My answers to prayers. My testimonies. My petitions are answered today. It's the hour of my breakthrough. I believe that I've reached a point of appointment with you today. And I thank you with a voice that is loud and bold. And with a spirit that's full of joy. If you believe it, let the Lord hear you today.
You getting anything out of this? All right, you may be seated. So this gospel, it says, you, which you've heard through them that have preached the gospel to you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Do you have a moment? Yes. I'm going to turn there and come right back that way because I, I just, the Holy Spirit keeps taking me there. And it must be beneficial for you, right? Yes. I'm going to read it in, in the first chapter, First uh, Peter. And he's writing to those that are um, strangers in Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, etc. He calls us elect. And then he goes, of which salvation, verse 10. The prophets have inquired and searched diligently who have prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Notice the prophets prophesied about a grace coming. Right? Searching what or what matter of time the spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed not, that not unto themselves but unto us. They did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. I want you to notice several things. Notice the things were not merely reported. The prophets prophesied them. And you have been taught and you believe this. That the prophets prophesied about a grace that would come unto us. And you believe this also. That the prophets did not prophesy by their own will. Because they were holy people that were moved by the Holy Ghost. Scripture never came by the will of man. So all scripture is God breathed. So if the scripture is God breathed. Why would you not only need to report it? Why would you need to report it? With the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Because God wasn't going to change things. God was going to change people. And, and nobody had it quite on that level. Abraham never had it on that level. Before him, Enoch never had it on that level. Noah never had it on that level. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob never had it on that level. I'm talking about they were all predicting by the Spirit of God that there's a grace coming. That grace could not come without the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The word of the living God becoming flesh. Glory be to God. But after 40 days when he ascended on high, we went to that upper room. The 50th day came and God lifted the entire body of believers through the overflow of the Holy Spirit. From then to today, the devil's been having nightmares about you rising up and answering the call of God in your life. He's And I believe that the enemy has overplayed his hands and we're going to call his bluff. So, so which are reported unto you which, by them which preach to you the gospel. Well, how? 
with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Why? Isn't it enough, Peter, for them to know what scripture they're talking about? And what prophets have spoken about the grace that would come to us? No, no. You need to be moved upon by the Almighty Holy Spirit. You need the word with, with the power. You need the authority with the resurrection life. You need the dunamis to dynamite and dunamai your spirit man. So God upgraded believing humanity, those of us that believe on the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection. He upgraded us to a level of God-likeness where we should never doubt because we are tempted to speak a half-convinced word. Let's fill the word with everything we know about God and his reliability. And let's let the word explode in our atmosphere demonstrating that he is more than enough. Glory be to God. So it's post-resurrection, post-ascension grace that comes upon us, enabling us to do the things that are the works of Christ in our world. Thank God for it. That's what I'm sent to you for. And so at the gate beautiful, you remember we were at the gate beautiful? So at the gate beautiful, that man went walking and leaping and praising God. The Lord eradicated his track record, which was incapacitated by his condition. It was, he was incapacitated by a condition that would be the curse and would have otherwise gone unchecked. Okay? Now later in the book, Peter responds and he says, by what, um, you're telling us by what name this has happened. It's by the name of Jesus. Now remember what we're talking about? Bodily salvation. Hit someone and say, Doctor knows where he was at. Remember, we were in three places. We covered two. Now we're in the third. And here's what Peter said. There is no name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Why did he use the word saved when the subject matter is a lame man that was totally delivered except that if you are of the... uh, of the law of Moses you would know that God never just healed somebody in their spirit he always delivered somebody from their enemies he always protected somebody from the lions he always preserved somebody in the fire he always took care of somebody glory to God he took care of every part of your life he took care of your hair on your head and take the organs in your bodies take care of your family members So the subject is the man at the gate, beautiful. And he said, oh, we did it by the name of the Lord Jesus. And there's no other name given under heaven whereby you must be saved. So somebody might say, well, Dr. Fushi's talking about being saved and going to heaven. Well, I'm glad you believe that. But I think they believe he's talking about being saved and being healed and being prospered, being protected, being preserved and being made whole. Do you have a minute? Because I have to make sure you're catching this 
not only as a declaratory word, but a, but a mentoring word, because this is got to be something you walk with. Uh, you're going to get a breakthrough today, but how many want to walk in breakthrough? And breakthrough walk in you, right? It's very important now, more than ever before. The Lord is looking for champions. Not people who know what it's like for 30 years to be in victory. But people who are willing now to mark the next 30 years in victory. If the Lord delays, because he's not coming for a defeated body of believers. He's coming for a victorious body of believers. Amen. So he, he's not willing that any should perish. So that name of Jesus, whereby are given, or there's no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. He's talking about the process of bringing that man into physical salvation out of the power of the curse. You say, well, no, God cares about his spirit. Well, he walked into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. I would say that's a permanent convert. Not only that, but at, but at, the, but at the temple, the, the, the leaders and the apostles prophetically declared that through Jesus, they preached the resurrection from the dead. And they were threatened, but they didn't quit. And they went back to the believers and they prayed and the building shook. My goodness. 5,000 souls were added. I would think that's salvation. You're coming out of that hospital. Your relative coming out of that hospital. You're coming out of that debt. You're coming out of that diagnosis. You're coming out of that condition. Come on and shout if you believe that. So, so that's right. That's right. So if you notice, such as I have give I unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk in the process of working that thing. He delivered a word that was powerful. That man internally knew something. But then when that point of contact grabbed because the man of God believed in, he knew in whom he believed. I know whom I believed. I know what the Lord has sent me to do in your life. God has sent me to raise up an end time body of believers. God has sent me to train the world and feed men and women and raise up a generation that will not fail. So two things. One, can I take a moment to explain this? Two things. One, thank you. One is this. When you preach faith, people have flavors to faith. And they want to hear the message of faith that they understand. Let me tell you something. You'll never have a miracle. Only walking in what you understand. It's just the bottom line. Somebody said, well, no, God is not mysterious. He could show you everything. Yeah, yeah, go right ahead. Once you study God and you have him figure out, then figure out how to walk on water. 
Figure out how to multiply loaves and fishes. Figure out how to let surges come out of your body so that everyone that's around you gets healed. Figure out how to declare a word that goes beyond the natural outside of a city and goes right into the tomb where somebody's been buried. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now you understand what I'm talking about. Because when you get into that level of faith, people then follow it up with, well, I'm not looking for a miracle. I'm just walking by faith. And through faith and pay, faith and patience. Then you have other miracle ministries, and we're both. And people say, oh, that's a miracle ministry, so we're going to see a miracle. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I think I'm carrying, and you're carrying, through International Miracle Institute spirit, the vaccine for a lazy church. We're carrying the resurrection. We're carrying the recruit. We're carrying the call. The Apostle Paul elaborates on it. I wanted to say that a little bit because he elaborates on it and he says to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said, And uh, when I came to you, brethren, I did not come to you with excellency of speech, making known to you the testimony of God. But I was among you, and he goes on to say, in in, in weakness and, 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 and much trembling in my speech and my preaching. Was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration. It sounds like the Apostle Paul preached with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. In demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand. In the wisdom of men. Oh your faith is not supposed to stand. In what men have figured out. And what men have concocted. In the form of an intellectual rhetoric. But God wants you to rise up to the level of spiritual translation. So that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. But in the power of God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect or complete. Or, or, you know, that's what he said. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God or the hidden wisdom, which God has ordained before the world unto our glory. Hit someone and say, God has ordained... The mind of Christ, the thought of the Lord, the gospel with the Holy Ghost, the living word of God, unto our glory. God will manifest His glory in my life, in your life, in this world, in the now. Come on, come on, somebody. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? 
which God has ordained before the world unto our glory. And, it's, and he goes on to say, as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered the heart of men the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. Do you love him? Yeah. Well, guess what? He's prepared for you. And it's for the now. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what? Who knoweth the things of man, said the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world. We've not received the spirit of the world. We've not received the spirit of no. We've not received the spirit of what if and what about. We've received the spirit of yea and amen. The spirit which is of God. That we might know, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things we put into words. There it goes. Which things we speak. But the apostle Paul said, those things we put into words. That spirit, that mind, that truth, that superiority of God we put into words. We preach words, we declare words with the hope. Somebody run in this place. Somebody praise the king in this place. Somebody change the climate of your city, your state, your region, your nation, and your world. Isn't that right? Which things we put into words or which things we speak. Not with the words man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Glory to God. Glory to God. And then he goes on to be clear about it. The, the, The carnal man, the unregenerate man, the, the, all of the other labels you can put on that kind of man or human being receive not the things of the Spirit of God. And that, by the way, that definition is a decision away. So to be carnally minded is for us to make a decision to be minded that way. But to be spiritually minded is to make a decision to be that way. How many think that you can't go wrong? Yes. Going right. Yes. That's that's right. That's right. I mean, it, when you're right, you're right, right? And so he says, the the things of God are foolishness to that kind of person. Neither can he know them. He can't receive them. Why? Because they're spiritually discerned. And once you turn off that spiritual ear to the things of God, then you start struggling like the rest of the people do. Now I'm talking to Christians. And so you go go to where the word is like a, a reduced, you know, lowered the bar. 
and there's no promises for this life, it's always the next life, you're going to live this life struggling with the same thing that the world struggles with. And then you'll start thinking stupid. And I'm not talking to you because that's your word, but I'm talking to you to help keep you. Keep you in the love of God. It's not your word, but you start thinking, well, I'm not, who, who's going to say what's right and what's wrong? You know, let it, no, if you're not going to say it, who's going to say it? And so, so, so many times people get, just get caught up in what Jesus said. And they think they know what Jesus said and didn't say. But it's not only what Jesus said. It's also what Jesus and who Jesus is. So I'm not looking for me to act up about anything that Jesus didn't spell out clearly. I have to do is find out how did Jesus live? How many want to be like Jesus? And so he says, uh, but the spiritual man judges all things. Hit someone, a, a lady or something, say he's talking about mankind. So all the sisters and the daughters, he's, he's just using the word man in order to get away from, uh, you know, to just speak clearly. He's talking about mankind. Yet, yet the person that's spirit-led, is mind, the mind of Christ, the body of Christ, is judged of no man for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of of Christ we have the mind of Christ because we have the spirit of God living in us and we have this kind of word preached to us we, we have the agreement the ability to continue steadfastly in the apostles didache this is just that second chapter we stepped out and that grace went boom it's deposited and then that highest level of training and equipping and so there was com- communion Fellowship, there was tending to the bread, breaking of bread, and there were the prayers. Now in the King James or in our English language, a lot of times it says in prayers. But the personal pronoun is on the prayers. It meant uh, corporate prayers. How many understand what I'm talking about? A time designated by us to get together and pray. Does that make sense? And so it's powerful. Humanity in Christ has never been the same. Potentially in God, we've been lifted to a level of superiority so we can help the people of the world through the ministry of our Lord and Savior who has made us his house. Put your hands on your spirit and pray in in the Holy Spirit, please. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to minister to your people today. I give you honor and praise and glory.
Amen. You may be seated, and uh, I'm going to minister to you uh, once we sign off. But before we do that, I'm going to prepare to also pray for our prayer requests and and um, over the testimonies, but most importantly, the prayer requests today. And, and, and I'll get us ready to pray over your prayer requests. And if you're sending in your prayer request and joining us, we will have it on the altar before we continue. And I wanted to also um, tell you uh, to mark your calendar for Apostolic Women 3. How many Apostolic Women do we have here today? You know, a lot of times people get caught up into the la- all the labels that we created in, in the Christian world over the last 2,000 years. Denomination labels and names and all that. And so people just think that it, it, it only has to do with what they think is apostolic. The word that Dr. Robin and I are talking about is being sent by God. So every Christian in some extent, in one extent or another is called to be partaker of the doctrine of the teaching of the founders of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ, most importantly, then the apostles and the sacred scriptures of the new covenant. And then also to be partakers of what the church carried. So it's one thing, you know, very important to know that if we're going to go into our world in business, in ministry, in raising children, in educating people, whatever the case might be, We have to know that the world we're in is being graced by the person we're carrying. And and when we learn and get an impartation under a holy woman of God like Dr. Robin, who's, you know, been sent back by the Lord from heaven, then um, you you can allow the Lord to use you in a powerful way. Amen. Amen. So today I talk to you a little bit about the importance of joining the faith of God to your faith and then the spirit of power as well as uh, the faith into your walk. I joined the two together for a very important reason. The Lord doesn't want us to wait indefinitely when we could turn up the power. Just like Peter, he could have just left it with the command. But he knew he needed to reach out and get a hold of that man to continue that impartation. Of course, Jesus had done that before. When that woman that was bowed over for 18 years was in the synagogue. And she was bowed over, could in no wise lift herself up. And Jesus called to her, remember that? And Jesus said, woman, thou art loose from your infirmity. And nothing happened. And he reached out and touched her. And immediately she stood up straight. Notice even Christ joined the two together and he called it to the head of the synagogue how many remember that that's what the text says wave at me I am I students and he told the leader of the synagogue you know after he rebuked his his error he said he said it was similar to loosing your animal that you own or someone and leading them to us to drink water on the sabbath day So there was a loosing both in the word declared in the Holy Ghost and the touch that infused that. So if if we don't follow it through to see the victory in every circumstance, then we we have to deal with this. 
We look at years gone by, and I'm talking about before the new covenant. And you look and you see people walking with God and things happen. You see Noah. And with Noah, you know, we don't want to go to Enoch. We, we go to Noah after Enoch. And Noah um, saved the world. And Noah received the Noahic covenant. When Noah landed, it wasn't only eight souls and all of the necessary um, saved and redeemed and protected creation that will go ahead and replenish the earth. But it was also the act of worship and gratitude that he demonstrated, thanking God after they landed and the water had dried up. And the Lord declared that as long as the earth remains, look at someone and say, it's harvest time. It's harvest time. Look at someone else and say, God is reliable. God is reliable. Say winter, winter summer, summer, day, day night, night, hot, hot cold, seed time, harvest. harvest. Guaranteed. As long as the earth remains. So, so next time you get tempted to panic, don't panic. I, I need to slow down a little bit because I'm getting so many stories and... And I don't want to share them because it's too much. I'll be here. And so today is an eat day, right? We're in the fast, but today's an eat day. So I, I could tell some of you are kind of like having visions of whatever. And, and so after that, you could see, um, that's, and, and so you, you get the covenant of Abraham, which the apostle Paul grabbed onto. The covenant of Abraham and the promise that God made to Abraham. The apostle Paul linked onto that and brought us into that through the Galatians. And then when we get into what Christ calls the new covenant, this is the covenant I make with them after those days, saith the Lord. Uh, not according to the covenant I made with them when I led them by the hand out of the land of Egypt. So it's not according to the Mosaic covenant or the covenant according to Judaism of Moses. How many understand? But this is the covenant that I will write my laws in their mind and put them in their heart. So they put, put your hands on yourself. Say tabernacles of divinity. Tabernacles of divinity. And I will live my life in them and through them. Now, let me ask you this. If the old covenants were all God had, why would he give us the new covenant? And if the old... It's a good question, right? He wouldn't, would he? And if the old covenant was good enough to continue and continue and continue till the new covenant came, then why is the new covenant no longer reliable according to some people who think God changed? That God wasn't really that good of a scientist or a mathematician. So he literally had to spell it out to our, to our ancient 
forefathers in a way that they could understand in their little mind so that when we come over here we could revitalize Christianity and sell our birthright. No. No. You are more than a conqueror. The Lord will take care of you. The things that launched and attack you to try to cause your knees to buckle in the middle of a world that hates the evidence of Christ. They will fail. God will move in your life and bring about an immediate manifestation of deliverance and liberation today. Today. You'll have renewal in your marriage. You'll have renewal in your family. You'll have renewal in your loved ones. You'll have renewal in your business, in your ministry, in your call. A harvest in your life. Glory to God. You'll carry a witness to the world that Jesus is alive and that your trust in Him cannot fail. And so as, lo- as long, as long, and, and so He said, he, and he told us to endure and to continue and to, to overcome. To the overcomer will I grant. And how do we overcome? And then the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I'm going to end with this. Well, I'm not going to end. I'm just going to end this word. Are you catching this? Our testimony. Whose testimony is it? When I made, when I came, excellency of speech, to declaring unto you the testimony of God. Look at it in the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. Why is the apostle Paul declaring the testimony of God? The same reason why John, the beloved, almost worshipped that high-ranking angelic being. And he said, see thou doing not, I'm a fellow servant like you. He said, worship God because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Glory be to God. My God. My God. My God. Hallelujah. The testimony of Jesus is a now miracle. It's a wait is over. The kingdom of God has come with power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The spirit of prophecy living in our life. So that's declaring, testifying beforehand. That's what happened with Abraham. God foreseeing that the heathen would be justified through faith. Preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. Saying in you will all nations of the earth be blessed. How many nations? All. How many fam? All. Till how long? Till, till, till Jesus comes back. Right before Jesus comes back. He pulls back all the blessing. No, he said, in thee shall all nations of the earth be blessed. And the thee he's talking about was to him and his seed. And his seed is singular, which is Christ. So the blessing to the families of the earth is here. The blessing to the people of the world is here.
Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today. Connect with us at globalrevival.com and we'll see you next week.